this is Deion Dawkins, man, and you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast, Season 9, Episode 27. I'm John DiCarlo, joined today by Kyle Gauss, Johnny Zwizlak, and Declan Landis. I have a lot of cool stuff ahead for you guys. More stuff on this Temple women's basketball program. This won five games in a row. They have a big game coming up against Tulsa tomorrow night at the Leah Corps Center. Or maybe I should say tonight if you guys are listening to this on Wednesday morning. The men's team has won two in a row. We have an interview ahead for you with Temple guard Shane Dizzoni. have uh, some recruiting updates in terms of basketball, in terms of where things are headed with the senior seasons of Dome Batie and Aiden Tobiasen. We'll talk a little bit of uh, football with Jordan McGee at the NFL Combine this week. He can participate. When I talked to him, I guess, a few weeks ago or maybe a month and a half ago or so, he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to participate and do anything beyond interviews because he was recovering from his torn biceps injury. But he's going to be able to participate in all the drills and all the metrics down there, which is big for him. Got plenty of mailbag questions to answer for you guys as well. So real excited about this show. The Scoop is brought to you, as always, by Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured while on the road or the highway in the crash of someone else's fault, the insurance company is not going to be on your side. You need us, Temple Law grads, who will fight hard to get the compensation that you deserve. We only get paid if we win, so in Pennsylvania or New York, call us today at 215-261-7359. That's 215-261-7359. And you can find them on the web at greenspans-law.com. That's greenspans law.com Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hello. Wonderful to see you. That was so yeah. formal. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good Mr. afternoon, Mister DeCarlo. Kyle, the the the, uh, the haircut looks sharp. Oh yeah. You, I think you were wearing a hat a couple weeks ago. You you went to you had a birthday party or a party in Haddonfield to go to, so you need to get your haircut right. Yes. Something in Haddonfield. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I went to up in Haddonfield. I'm it going was to Ashley's. Trips. Yeah, Ashley's birthday. We had bocce and karaoke, and then I. How was that? That's fine. Except I've told you this before. One of my favorite things in the world is to Uber home after a night of drinking because you can just go to sleep and like it's time travel. You just wake up in a different spot. My wife did not allow me to sleep in the Uber. Kept me awake for the hour long Uber, which was that's crazy. Not appreciated. Not fair. No. But <laughs> otherwise, it was fun. But yeah, my hair is not uh not stylized styled, I would say. We're just we're out of the we're rolling out of bed. You didn't answer my question. Did you do any karaoke songs? I did not. And I jokingly said that I would do Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, and then somebody put that on there and I was like, I'm not doing Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Like I'm not going up there. (laughs) That's a bold choice. (laughs) So then it was just on for like that's like an eight minute song. It was just on for eight minutes with nobody seeing it. (laughs) that's great it's a great song though who's coming up to sing it it even had the baseball (laughs) segment in it It had like oh he's he's leading off second oh Oh, he's going for third i was like oh my god i can't imagine doing that on like four karaoke could you imagine having to do that (laughs) i think i've told this story before too when i was 16 went on a cruise um was with older people managed to you know uh secure alcohol Went to a live band karaoke thing and drank and drunkenly sang uh, Bob Seger's Turn the Page, which is not a uh, upbeat, you know, crowd pleasing song. Yeah. But their little 16 year old Kyle was monotonely singing his heart out. Anyway, famous number 27s. Johnny, what do you got? Aaron Nola. There you go. 
There you go. I knew you were going to make fun of me for not getting Chase Elliott last time. So I. Yeah, we did made, famous yeah, North 26 last week. Your co I took me a little bit. I got it. I got it eventually. It just it took me a little bit. Uh, Mike Trout. Yeah. Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. I had a bunch. I can't remember them. Um, crime Dog. Fred McGriff. I thought he wore 19. 27 wore with 19? the Braves. 27 with the Braves, 19 with the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays? Okay. And then 29 for the rest Poppy of his career. He was? David Ortiz was 27? I believe so. I believe so. Did you uh, lock Oh, up so that? it was uh, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Did Gobert. you uh, lock up that advertising deal with Ranker.com yet? I don't know what you're talking about. Get commission off of you whatever see, you You can see I very clearly my phone is right here and turned off. Did not no, wear saying, this. Like... Did not wear this with the Phillies, but wore it in baseball heaven. Word in baseball heaven. Scott Rowland. Didn't he have that quote when he went to St. Louis about it being like... Oh, 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 oh. I thought you were literally talking about somebody who had passed away. And then he yes. put on the number 27 once he got to the pearly gates. I was like, what <laughs> is he talking like about? in the outfield. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is there, was there a documentary done about this guy? Was there like a uh, like a reenactment of some sort? <laughs> That's crazy. What did Rowland wear? He wore 27 with the Cardinals. What did he wear at the Phillies? Was he 19? 17. No, I was going to say, I, think, I, okay. I knew it was in the teens. Yeah. Varun Kumar, very passionate about Scott Rowland getting into uh He pulled up receipts on me because when he got in, because yeah. I, I, Scott Rowland got in and like he deserved to get in. But then there was also like a, like every year it was a stupid like balloting process. Like some people didn't like didn't vote for, you know, Sheffield and stuff like that. So I tweeted something like that. And then Varun pulled up a tweet of mine from years beforehand where I said Scott Rowland deserved to be in the Hall of Very Good. And I was like, how the like, how did you remember that? He just had that stored away for like if and when Scott Rowland ever gets in. That's very cool. Oh, how did it feel to have somebody pull up receipts on you? Probably like, oh, uh, so, so I think something that a lot of people, especially in today's uh, internet world, don't process is you're allowed to have a different, your opinion is allowed to change, right? Absolutely. So, like, my opinion yeah. at the time was one thing, and then my opinion now is a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Growth. That feels illegal. <laughs> Thank you, John. Feels illegal. I could see that word coming up, Johnny. Something growth. Just lean forward, as if there was going to be extra emphasis no. on the mic. It's, it's okay. Yeah, dynamite, guys. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'd say we had we had. I, I'm not I'm not putting this on you. I don't think this is you. We had better banter prior to turning on the mic. Prior to you coming into your own office, <laughs> <laughs> we were not putting this on you. There is a clear I'm just saying, there's only been, said, there's been one change. One thing has changed. I'm not, I'm not going to point out what it is. As soon as you said, I'm not putting this on you, I'm like, oh Christ, where's this calling? Oh, you played at Declan. We talked about this. So you still have yet to, you still I, have yet to meet Kyle in I person, not, right? Yeah. And oh yeah, because you uh, no called no showed that game or whatever it was. Uh, well, that to I was actually game. across. The, I was across Miami. the street. So Miami. So last last week after my Thursday night class, we came back to the Temple News newsroom, got food, and watched the the women's game together. And we were talking about we were talking about you and Johnny's like I still haven't met him yet. And I said there was just there was just instant chemistry between Kyle yeah. and Declan. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. had fun. Yeah, that's why he's my Don King. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was it was you know instant. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I I think our humor uh, lines up, so I think it was a love at first sight. It really was. Yeah. It was like the pure like shock and surprise to see Kyle walk up right next to the cheesesteaks. It's like this isn't real, you know. It was like <laughs> this 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 isn't real. 
And then he sat down, you know, a little bit of a fist bump, had the quarter zip on. I was like, man, this is this is different, you know, different. This is surreal. Kyle, Kyle Gauss. I like people who like me. This is just yeah. right in his wheelhouse. Oh, that's go. that's yeah. a big part of it. Yeah. I don't have time to like win people. I don't have time to like win people over, right? Like if, if it's right away, like you're, uh, you know, I'm not your cup of tea, then great. I'll go be somebody else's cup of tea. And I'm Declan's cup of tea and Declan's my cup of tea. So here we are. See? Are you there guys like a chai? Are you like a caffeinated chai? What are you guys? I'm an Earl Grey. I'm a classic, classic Earl Grey. Classic Earl Grey. I love a good chai tea. Yeah. Iced tea. <laughs> Sean, you're like a half and half. <laughs> I don't I don't drink tea like that. Like a, Arizona. You're like a nursery school kid who came to the table, like, look at my drawing. Iced tea. <laughs> I just I don't drink tea like that. I'm not I don't know I my a, different tea. I went through a tea stretch because I was drinking too much coffee and it was giving me the shits. So I switched to coffee in the or sorry to tea in the afternoon. It was a good move. Now I just that's actually smart. Yeah. It, no, it's like it's, a nice green tea. Yeah. Yeah. Give your stomach some that time to smart. kind of just Calm down. You gotta be strategic about when you drink your coffee in the morning too. Hundred percent. You get to work. It's from J- home, so Javon just now finding out as a grown man that like yes, coffee yeah. sometimes makes you poop. Yeah, Bye. yeah, yeah. Surprise! Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was anti-coffee for a while. He was, yeah. Which is so, crazy. Yeah, I love. Coffee. It's always like you never meet a grown-up that's saying that. It's always like a nineteen-year-old that's like, I don't understand why you guys need coffee. And then four years later, they're like, Yeah, I get it. I get why you call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same thing with naps. It's like you don't realize what you have until it's gone, you know. And then it's like, oh man, I, I crave can't... a nap. Yeah, I, I can't, can't really nap do... anymore. No, no, I don't. I don't even have kids yet, and I can't nap. Like I can't. Like yeah. if I were trying to nap in the middle of the day, if it's a weekend, do you feel better or worse after a nap? Sometimes when I wake up from a nap, I feel a little worse. I'm it like, depend- it's like fifty fifty. Yeah, it's it's nice to have like the nap before like an event at night. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I feel like that always gets me rejuvenated. But if I'm just like dead tired you cite an example what event did you have coming up at night where you're like i need to nap i mean high school sticks out like in high school we had it's called south thon it was basically like it's picture penn state's thon on like a lower sort mm-hmm. of uh scale mm-hmm. and it would start at like 10 at night so you know we had some sort of volleyball tournament in the day and i came back had like a couple hours nice nap i was rejuvenated ready to go the rest of the day that one sticks out I, college i don't really I've rediscovered caffeine and that, you know. Kyle, did you do similar you. philanthropic things at Downingtown High School at Downingtown West? No, God, no. My, um, <laughs> my, my only he chari- cleaned up the parks. My only terrible thing is, well, yeah, that. But my only terrible thing is well, for senior project, I did uh, 40 hours of volunteer work at Brandywine Hospital, which no longer exists. I just did patient mm-hmm. transport. I moved people around, took them to and from radiology. That's, go. that's good. That, that is that's nice. important work. They can't get there on their own. Johnny, okay. They're patient. Were you also a pillar in the community? Not really. That's wow. Oh. I mean, I growth. I'd we'll like to. About, I'd like to. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, future opportunities for growth for you. Thank you. I'm gonna I start send, to I'm, I'm gonna send Johnny to an improv class. Where like instead of just like <laughs> instead of just like ending the conversation, you say yeah, everything's yes, yes and and then you go on yes and on the I next just, I, did, Johnny, I, I didn't want to lie. I didn't got it you. Got it in you. Not really. I, I, I'm <laughs> material. Yeah. Like, this is. I don't. I don't want to lie. You know. I feel like. 
I, I want to be my true self. Just, you know, if, there, if there's something that I feel like I can play off of, I'll play off of it. But I just, I didn't have oh, anything. We're the problem. No, that's okay. That, you guys could throw me some more fastballs over the plate. You're not doing your part. I see how it is. Excuse me, that's, Johnny. That's not how, that's not how I meant it. I more meant like, I didn't have anything to relate to that topic. So I could, if I tried to improv, it wouldn't have been as so funny. easy. It's very easy to get them flustered. It's unreal. I promise you at the outset of the show, our conversation was saying Dezoni. So he was a big part of Sunday's win. Uh, like I, I said to him, you'll hear me say in the conversation with him that I had earlier this morning, he was kind of like a microcosm of the team earlier in the game, uh, about two and a half, a few minutes into the second half, he missed a dunk. And then later on comes back with a little less than three minutes to go, hits a three pointer that ties the game. He had to come back and tie it again. Uh, with some help from Jordan Riley. And then, of course, he really helped kind of put the game away and really clinch the game with that uh, with that putback, that tough putback. So he's playing some of the best basketball of his career now. So we caught up about that, his background, what he thinks the team is capable of, why they play hard for each other. Again, obviously, they've struggled this year. They're 10-17 and 17 overall, 3-11 and 11 in, in conference play. So not a good season for them, but they've won a couple in a row. Just some just some good energy around the team now. So we talked about that, all that more and uh, we'll have more for you, as always, on the other side. Shane, there's a lot for us to get to today. You guys have been through a lot. You've been through a lot, and this team's been through a lot. What did Sunday's win mean to you? I mean, I know that it's been a tough season, but just to get a couple going in a row, the team's fought through a lot of games. You had a big hand in the win. What what did Sunday mean for you guys? Um, That game meant a lot for us. Um, It kind of showed us that all of our hard work that we did previously – isn't going to waste um we know that it was always working towards a win but we just didn't know how to find a way to win so um us actually pulling out these wins um it's kind of giving us confidence and giving us a a sense of like hope I, I would say like that we can do it that our work is work uh showing and we just got to keep building you were named to the the american athletic conference honor roll big five honor roll and your performance on Sunday was kind of like a microcosm of like what the team's been through. You, you guys, like I said, you fought through a lot of tough moments to stay in games. You had that missed dunk early in the second half, but then you bounced back. You had that big three to tie the game. And then, of course, the big putback to really kind of clinch it. I, I know every athlete has to have that next play mentality, but I would imagine it's it's not always easy to just kind of compartmentalize it, especially when you guys have had a tough season. How personally do you – work through that to say, okay, next play. Because obviously it, whatever you did on Sunday, it worked for you because you came up big. Um, Really just uh, Coach Fish really always teaching us uh, as a basketball players, we need to have a mindset like a goldfish. So say something bad happens or good happens, just next play, just forget about it and uh, move on to the next one. So some Ted Lasso type of stuff, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> Was he have like the whole team watching it, or do you guys know about the show, or does he kind of does he openly admit that he takes the goldfish mentality from that? Oh no, he didn't tell us about that. But uh, when he when he told us about it, I started to think where he got it from, but I never thought that's where he got it from. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys are you're ten and seventeen overall, three and eleven in the conference. Like I said, it's 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 been a tough year, and I know that the moral victories don't mean anything. But again, you guys have managed to stay. In a lot of games that could have gone the other direction in a hurry. What is it about the team that has allowed you guys to do that? I mean, you've kind of touched on a little bit already, but what is the culture of the team like? Because from the outside looking in, it does look like you guys really fight for each other and you and you stay in games. Again, I know it's frustrating when you don't get the wins, but 
what is it about this team? What's the team culture like? Because it does look like you guys don't give up and that there is some momentum building there. Um, I would say the two main things for our team, like our biggest factors, would have to be, one, that we're very resilient. Um, so when we're down on games, we know that we could come back. We know that we just got to keep fighting because it could get worse if you start to give up. So we know that if we keep fighting, uh, good things will happen. And I would say the second thing, um, everybody in our team just believes, you know, everybody in that locker room, win or loss, we all believe that we could win every single game that we play. Um, we may not pull the games out sometimes, but everybody works hard enough and everybody believes mentally that uh, we should win these games. So those are the two biggest factors, I would say. When you do come off a loss and, and Fish says, stay together, stay together, it might sound like a simple question, but what does that look like on the court, off the court? How do you guys, I know it sounds cliche, just like stay together. How do you just kind of keep looking forward and not get into that, like, oh, man, like, here we go again? On the court, I would say uh, just not arguing arguing with, uh, with each other and just, like, uh, pointing fingers. A lot of teams that we play most of the time, like, you can see that, they're arguing with each other. They're pointing fingers. They're getting mad when we go on a run. So uh, we try to stay away from that because we know where that could lead to. And um, off the court, I would say uh, after the game, um, a lot of guys, we have we just, like, chill with each other. We have a good time. We try to just talk about what happened during the game. Uh, we talk about what we did wrong, what we did wrong as a team. And um, we try to just fix it from there. It just for you, how does it just feel to be healthy again and playing consistently and playing the most minutes you've played in your career? I mean, you had the hand injury last season. At this point last year, you were out for the rest of the season by this time last year. What does it mean to you to just really kind of hit a healthy stride right now? Um, It feels great. Uh, to me, I'm, I'm a very religious man, so I wouldn't be here without God. Uh, I really try to work very hard, but I'm honestly just happy that I have a coach and I have a team that uh, give me the opportunity and just let me play to the fullest of my abilities right now. So when Temple and Aaron parted ways last year, I mean, what was going through your head? I mean, you had Dame, Nick, Zach, Jamil, and Caleb Battle moving on. I know at the time, if, if you had decided to transfer, you would have had to sit out a year, and now that's been uh, that's been changed. But did you ever think about transferring, or did you kind of just want to see how things went with the coaching search and then give Adam a chance once he got in? Um, I honestly wanted to give a uh, coach a chance because – for me, um, I know that a lot of guys were leaving, but it was it was also a good and a bad thing. Like, yeah, I'm losing a coach that recruited me to go to Temple, mm. but maybe the the coach Fish coming in will give me that opportunity as like what we're seeing now. So, um, I really just had trust and believe in Coach Fish, and um, you know, I feel like a lot of guys do, and that's honestly why I, like I'm happy I stayed because he's showing me like, okay, yeah, I'm giving you the opportunity now. What are you going to do with this opportunity? So um, I'm just trying to capitalize on it. What was your first impression of Adam when he when he took over? Honestly, I didn't know too much about it. But then when I met him the first day, I could just tell, like, he gave me that, like, family-type aura. Like, he gave everybody on the team just – I just felt like a family as soon as he came. And I'm not saying that Coach McKee didn't give that feeling, mm -hmm. but Coach Fish, like – it was more just like a team bonding thing. Everybody just were happy. You're coming into practice just knowing like, okay, we're going to get better because at the end of the day, we're going to fight as a team. We're going to lose as a team. We're going to win as a team. And that just gave like that family type feeling to it. And I, you couldn't ask for nothing better. What do you think Adam and this staff have, have brought out of your game this season specifically? Um, I would honestly say uh, playing hard is one. 
mm-hmm. and my confidence. Um, I think earlier in the season, I wasn't playing as much. And it was due to just uh, me not playing hard, or I would play hard, but it wouldn't be consistent. And they were trying to get that out of me. So um, the things they would do, they wouldn't play me. So I'll go back into practice and just try to figure out ways that I could get on the court. And it was really just rebounding, playing defense. And then as I started playing more, I had to get my confidence up there. So I had to put more work in. I had to get in the gym more hours than a lot of people. And um, they really just showed me to just uh, just stay in the gym and just play as hard as I can, and things will end up well. I don't know how much the, the recruiting rankings meant to you at the time, but you were obviously a, a four-star recruit coming out of Brewster, and a, a lot of people knew about you. You originally committed to Arizona. You ended up at Vanderbilt played there and then committed to St. Joe's as a transfer and then switched up into Temple. So it's been a long journey for you. And considering how much of a, a good reputation you had coming out of high school, is there anything that's kind of satisfying now about finally hitting that consistent stride and, and, and showing people what you can do, or is that not really as important to you? Um, I mean, it's always satisfying to actually uh, get the opportunity to play now, but I would say I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. Um, I know there's a lot left in the tank. And I know if I just consistently put in more work for a, another year, um, I feel like we'll see a different player. Shane, what's your earliest memory of, of playing basketball? Like when it, when did you start playing? Was it your brother playing or what, what, when did you start playing? What got you into the sport? Um, I started playing when I was about three. But, you know, like actually playing like in a real game, it was probably about when I was seven or eight. I used to play football and basketball all the time, but I was a better football player, believe it or not. Like, mm-hmm. still to this day, I think I could go to Alabama for football. You Wait, know, what would you play? What position? Uh, Probably wide receiver because, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty tall. I got big hands. Um, I would like to say I'm pretty fast. But mm-hmm. <laughs> on the football field, it might be a little different. But um, it was kind of hard playing football in Pocono Mountain. So I made the transition to basketball, and then I actually got out the Poconos. I still live there. But I started traveling outside to go to like different schools outside the Poconos to get uh better looks, mm-hmm. and it worked out. Yeah, I was talking to I, I was talking to Jaleel about this. I guess maybe a couple of weeks ago, and he he loved playing football too. He said he probably didn't love it as much as basketball. And you mentioned where you grew up, and you know I had read about this. Your father Vincent used to drive you out like 120 miles one way to school at Hudson Catholic in in Jersey yeah. City. You go there, and I'm assuming he did the same thing. For your brother, I mean, what was that like? How did that come about? That's that is family dedication through and through. Well, um, my brother started playing with uh Team Azad or Sports U for yep. AAU in like around eighth grade, I think, or seventh grade, mm-hmm. and they wanted him to go to uh, Hudson Catholic or Roselle Catholic, either one, yep. but he chose Hudson Catholic. And I was still in middle school, and as I was approaching high school, he went to Hudson Catholic, and when it was my decision to go, I decided to go to Hudson Catholic too. But the hardest part was we had to drive in at 4.30 in the morning every single day with my father to New York. And then we'll sleep in the car. I think we'll wake up at like 6.30 when he gets to New York and then take the train from New York to New Jersey and then go to uh, school. And then after school and practice, we'll drive all the way back and then do it again the next day. I mean, what was – I'm sure you got used to it like anything else in life, but – Again, that's dedication. What was, what was that like? That's not that's not easy. Not easy on you, your brother. Not easy on your dad. That's that's a long commute down I eighty. What 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 was that like? Um, it was it was hard. I would say it was definitely hard at first, 
But um, once I started getting used to it and start seeing that, like, okay, my dad and my brother is more dedicated than me, I kind of, as the little brother and the son, I had to, like, step it up and not complain anymore. So um, I honestly just started getting up maybe as early as my dad sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get ready together and then we'll go from there. But it was definitely hard at first. But exactly what you said, as any other human, uh, you adjust to it and, you know, got through it. I think your your brother's a smart guy. You're a smart guy. You were an honor student too, and you probably had every excuse in the book to say to your parents, like, "Look, I, I'm tired. <laughs> like, we're we're all spending a ton of time on the road. It's easy to get distracted with basketball." And you were an honor student too. Like, that's that's really commendable. Where did the discipline come from? Um, my parents. Um, my parents were very big on grades. They knew if I didn't have the grades, I couldn't get on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom still to this day gets mad at me if I get a B or an A. Like she wants A pluses, but that's it. But um, I, I always strive to do my best in school because that's the main thing. Because you know, there's a life after basketball. You know, you need your degree, you need a job. But um, yeah, really, just my parents being very hard on me in school. What did it mean to them to to do that for you guys? Because like, if your your father's name is Vincent, right? Yes. I mean, if he had said to you like. Shane, look, I know you want to play ball and I know that like there are better opportunities in North G- North Jersey and not like around in, in, in Pocono Valley and Tobihana. Like you need the exposure. But like, Shane, we just we can't swing it, buddy. Like it's it's a, it's a lot like what did it mean to you that they made the sacrifice? And like, I know he had to go there for work, but still, that's a lot. Like, what did that mean to you? Because not every parent, I would imagine, would have done that for you. Um, it was very big to me. Um, still to this day, I look at them in a different limelight just because of the sacrifices they made. Um, I know a lot of people, like not even a lot of people, but myself, I complain when things don't go my way. Mm-hmm. And I, I look back at their life and it's like they kind of did everything for us. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, I'm just happy to see like, OK, the work is starting to show a little bit, the work that I'm putting in, because at the end of the day, I'm always trying to feed my family. Um that's why I'm playing basketball. I'm trying to give back to what they gave me. So just to see like the work is paying off a little bit, I'm I'm a little bit excited, but I just can't wait to that day where I can finally pay them back for what they really did for me. And you grew up, did you grow up your whole life? And the town's Tobihana, right? Or Tobihana? Yeah. Is that yeah. where you grew up your whole life? Grew up my whole life, yeah. Is your family, are your parents from that area too? Um, No, my parents are from New York. So I was born in Manhattan, New York for like, probably like a year and then we moved to the Poconos, but that's why I don't say I'm from New York because I barely lived there. Yeah. What yeah. Was it like? That's a town of what, like maybe 6,000 people or so? Yeah, it's it's not a lot of people. Yeah. And what, like, what, was that like once you start growing up and you get good at basketball and like you're playing for like that, the AAU program you mentioned, uh, like from a couple of like Temple guys, like Josh Brown played for that team. I think that was Nate, Nate Pierre Louise team too. Lo- yeah, Louis- like Javon Quinterly and all those oh, guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, loaded, loaded. I mean, like North Jersey, New York basketball has its own identity. Did did your parents kind of start that conversation early on? I'm sure they had been through it. Your brother played at a good D3 program. He's a really smart guy. Did they kind of know like, all right, our kids are really good at basketball. We're going to have to you know, getting them out of the area to play. Did they kind of just know that that was coming eventually because you guys sounded like you were good students, you were holding up your end of the bargain. Did they kind of know, all right, we're going to have to, we're going to have to drive our kids out of the area to get them some exposure. Yeah. Um, I feel like they knew, but I feel like the triggering point for them was when I played AAU, like in middle school days for like, it was a team called Eastside Youth Center. Mm-hmm. And like, I was the tallest kid, but I was a point guard back then. So it was kind of like, I'm playing the five. 
but at the same time, I'm bringing the ball up. So, and then we, we kind of kept losing to all the good teams. Mm-hmm. Like it was very close though. But mm-hmm. at that moment, they kind of knew like, okay, like you, you have the talent, you're good enough. So let's see if we could get you out of here. Cause most of the teams that we were playing against, they wanted me to go play with them mm-hmm. after those years. So it was kind of like, okay, let's see if we could just get you at the Poconos and get you on a better team. And then let's see where that goes. Mm-hmm. And getting, getting back to the season, you guys have rice tomorrow and they beat you by three back on January 20th. And that was, that was their first ever win in the American. I know they were celebrating in the locker room. Like they just won the tournament. That meant a lot to them. And, and they've started to play some better basketball recently. What's the key to beating them this time around? You know, again, like that on paper, it looked like you guys were going to win that game. You fell behind, started to come back. What'd you learn from that game? What's been going on recently to, to where you guys feel like, okay, we know what it takes to beat them now. Um, I feel like one of the biggest keys to beat them is just honestly, uh, just pressuring them, having that sense of urgency to just uh, know that we can guard. I feel like the first couple plays of that game, even myself, like I was sleeping on plays and they were getting open threes. Um, but I feel like in the second half, we turned up the heat on defense and we came back from a, a large deficit. So I feel like if we start that from the beginning of the game and then we have this momentum of us being on a, a win streak right now, I feel like I feel like we'll be okay. Shane, if you if you could play the role of a coach and kind of like take a step back and look at the roster around you, who's impressed you? Because you are one of the guys that stayed and you've been at Temple for a while now and you and Ja have been here and Heiser Miller and I want to ask you about, about Fabe too. Who do you think has grown the most? Like who are some of the guys around you that you think have made some real strides this season? Um, I feel like everybody made strides just, just from where we came from in the summertime. Like everybody. Um on every aspect of the game. But if I had to choose a few people, I would say uh Hasir Miller, Jalil White, uh Jordan Riley, um, Sam Hoffman, Mateo Piccarelli, Steve Settle, um, Quante Berry and, and Zion Stanford. Uh really those two freshmen have made a big jump too, because I know um in the beginning of the season mentally, like as a freshman, it's hard to come in and play. Um yeah. they're trying to figure out how to play. So Sometimes they would come to ask me for questions on uh, what could I do to get on the court. And I wasn't playing myself, but I knew how to get on the court. It just wasn't happening. But um, as they started listening to me, it kind of helped me uh, just believe in myself, too. You know, like me telling them what to do it made me believe in myself, too, or just believing in my words. And then um, it, it kind of paid off. What about Zion? I mean, I know he had a really good portion of the non-conference schedule. And then Fish was was pretty honest. You know, when he would talk to us as reporters, he would say, hey, you got to, you know, there's more film of you out there. Teams know how to defend you. The conference conference play is going to be tougher and you got to work harder. You got to defend better. And it, it seems like he's responded to that. And he's obviously talented. How have you seen him grow specifically? I mean, he was one of the guys you mentioned, but what have you seen from him? Because like you said, I mean, you've been there you were you were a pretty high profile recruit. When you don't play right away as a freshman, you can start doubting yourself, and then you got people in your ear saying like, "This isn't right." What was it like to see him kind of grow through that? Because it seems like he's started to respond now. Um, I feel like as a freshman, he reminds me of me, but he's doing all the things I did wrong right. So, um, I think my freshman year when I wasn't playing, um, exactly what you said, you you get in your head mentally and you start to give up a little bit. I fell into those ways and I started to give up on myself. But with Z, it's the opposite. Like, he doesn't give up on himself. And if anything, he gets in the gym more and works out even more. And then the work shows when he gets the minutes. But it's just, um, he's a hardworking kid, a good kid off the court. Like, he has all the tools just to be a great 
player, you know? Like, he may not be getting a chance now, but he has a lot of time. He's a freshman. He'll get a, plenty of chances. But the main thing is that he knows how good he is and he keeps striving to be better. You obviously mentioned Hysir Miller. A lot is asked of him, and obviously he he takes some heat if he has a rough shooting night. I, I think you and I both know, ideally in the future, as you guys continue to add more pieces, right? You've got a couple of really good players coming in next year, and Dylan Batie, Aiden Tobias, and you guys will probably have more in the portal. He's probably in the future not going to be asked to shoot 20, 22, 25 times a game. And I'm, I would imagine he's probably not out there saying, I, I want to shoot at 20 or 25 times a game. Yeah. A lot is asked of him and a lot, and he's, and he's a really good kid and he's, he's grown so much. He's done a lot off the court. How have you seen him kind of work through that? Cause it's not easy when, if you guys lose a game and people just, the typical fan just looks at the box score and they point at it and say, Oh, you know, like what's going on here. It feels like he's had to weather a lot and a lot's been asked of him because he's a really good ball handler and, and fish obviously trusts him. How, how have you seen him kind of like weather this season? Cause I'm sure it hasn't been easy at times. Um, he, he's been a true veteran this year. He's been a, a true leader, a true veteran. Um, um, he's okay with, I wouldn't say he's okay with it because I don't know him. I don't know how his day-to-day life is, but I know for him, um, he has blinders on. He doesn't really hear the outside noise. He's, he's very focused on the team and just, uh, figuring out ways how we could get better as a team. And, um, I feel like as of this year, like exactly what you said, they look at the box score, they see how many shots he took or whatever the case may be, and we lose. But at the end of the day, he always comes back in the locker room and always will say, like, oh, my fault. Like, yo, I'm going to do better next game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and I'm going to do that. And he always comes back the next game better, in my opinion, as being a leader, um, stats on the court, just helping his guys out. Even even the way I talk to freshmen, he's very big on just helping freshmen, helping sophomores, helping people that's even in our grade. Um just get better mentally and physically. He pushes us every day in practice. Um, he's a point guard we need. Point, the best point guard I played with. So, like for him, I feel like he's he's took a big step because last year he wasn't getting all the heat for mm-hmm. like all the stuff he did. But now he's getting all the heat. And just to see him have blinders on and not really listen to the outside noise, um, it motivates me a lot. You know, knowing that okay, like. You don't need to hear the outside noise. Just focus on yourself and just keep looping. What do you think, Shane, in your opinion, what do you think did go wrong last year? Because there was a ton of talent on the team, and there were times that you guys looked like a team that could beat anybody, and then there were the times there were a team that looked like they could lose to anybody and things didn't work out. What What do you think went into that? Why did things not work out last season? Um, I feel like last season, um, it's kind of hard to explain, but I feel like our team chemistry wasn't there. Like, we were all good off the court with each other. Like, we all hung out with each other. Um, we chilled together. It was just on the court. We just couldn't find a way to just put it all together and get over that hill. I feel like that's that was our biggest struggle. Like, even the coaches know that. They tried to help us as much as we can. The players knew that. But it just seemed like when we got on the court, um, everybody just went their separate ways. What do you think this team – you know, you, you've won a couple in a row now – and obviously to get the NCAA tournament, you guys are going to have to go on a run and win the conference tournament. But when you get a couple wins under your belt and you guys have weathered that 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 long losing streak, the 10-game losing streak, what do you think the team's capable of now now that you get a little confidence and you just you can just walk into that locker room and just have fun and let loose a little bit? Um, it feels great. I feel like I feel like we could definitely, in my opinion, I feel like everybody else in this in this program believes it too. I feel like we could win the tournament. 
Like, forget about the conference record. Forget about the non-conference record. We all believe that we could win it. It's just a matter of fact of um, just bringing it every day, just playing as hard as we can because at the end of the day, this is what this is what the players, this is what we um, preach every day in practice. It doesn't matter about the results. If you play your hardest and we end up losing, that's all we can ask for. If you play your hardest and you end up winning, we're going to have to come back the next day and play our hardest again. So um, I feel like if we just give it our all in that tournament, I feel like we could compete with anybody as we've shown. Like, it's not like we're getting blown out. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just losing very close games, probably like the last four minutes of games, and we're starting to figure out how to close games. So I feel like as we keep winning games now and keep learning that part and going to the tournament, I feel like we'll be the dark horses of the tournament. Shim, whenever you're done playing basketball, whether you get a chance to play at the next level in the NBA or if you go overseas, whenever you're done playing, however long that takes you, what do you want to do outside of basketball? You're a good student. You're a smart guy. Like I said, you were an honor student in high school. What what else interests you? Like, what do you think you'd want to do outside of basketball when you're done playing? Um, I know for me, like, I can't live without basketball. Mm-hmm. So I know um, after I'm done playing basketball, the first thing that always came to my mind was I always want to make a basketball camp that was free for all kids. And I just want to, like, I want all college coaches to be able to come to it and have it free for like kids that don't have the same resources as other kids so that they can get looks. Cause there's a lot of talented kids out there that are in low income areas that just can't get um, college looks, you know, they, they can't pay for college either. So if I could have a free camp where all these kids could come in and college coaches could come in, um, that's one big thing I want to do. But other than that, like I want to run my own business. I want to travel. I just want to do a lot. I want to be a sports analyst. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to do everything. <laughs> Very cool. No, you make a great point, especially with the camps. Like if you're not, if you're not on the sneaker circuit, you get, you get overlooked very quickly. And like you said, it takes, it takes time and resources and money. If you're not one of the big AU programs, that's a, that's a great point. That's really cool. Shane, what to close things out What's some, something people maybe wouldn't know about you. I mean, like you've talked to reporters a bunch, you know, you got like, again, you're a highly recruited guy. You're a top 150 player. You've talked to reporters a lot, but you, I'm sure 90% of the time it's talking about basketball. What's something that maybe people wouldn't know about you? Um, I don't know. I feel like one thing people won't know about me, Um, I'm just a fun guy. Mm-hmm. I like to smile a lot. I like to have fun. I like to uh, – I just like to think this world is a utopia. Like I know a lot of things are going bad on in the world, but um, and I know a lot of people's lives aren't going the way they want. But I just try to keep a big smile on my face because um, you never know what can happen. You never, like, things could just happen in a blink of an eye. So I just try to be as happy as I can be, and I try to spread that positiveness. And if I see that somebody's down, this, like, this is my biggest thing. If I see that somebody's having a bad day, I try my best just to help them have a better day, whether if they want it or not. I'm mm-hmm. always going to try to see if you just want to smile. I just, that's that's my biggest thing. Very cool. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate you spending some time with us, and good luck tomorrow. No problem. Thank you so much. All right, some good stuff from Shane Dizoni there. Thanks to Shane for spending time with us. Again, the Owls will play at Rice tomorrow, uh, or maybe today, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, and then they'll have another game this weekend against Tulsa. So, just again, just trying to get a little on a little bit of a roll as the conference tournament comes around. Diane Richardson's women's team has won five games in a row. Big win for them over Rice on Sunday. Clinches the double bye for them. So that's going to send them immediately to the quarterfinal round 
of the American Athletic Conference tournament. They have a big game coming up tomorrow night against Tulsa. The defense has been good. Um, they, Johnny, I guess they've averted any major in, in, injuries, I guess we should say. It seems like it. My but gosh, it was touch and go. Yeah. There. I, like, I mean, it's, especially just this whole Texas trip, it seems like everyone was taking hard falls. I mean, mm-hmm. Demi Washington, mm-hmm. looked, for a little bit there, looked like she like blew out her leg, mm-hmm. but it somehow was... Yeah, they carried her off the court. Yeah, yeah. she was holding the front of her knee, and they they and she was held out for what precautionary measures? Yeah, uh, and said she was sore, like when she woke up that morning, and wanted to make sure that she didn't aggravate anything, so Mm -hmm. they kept her out. Yeah, um, but again, like it just seems like, yeah, I I feel like Diane. I wanted to ask you guys about this. Like she has said, like, well, we're not consistent enough. The defensive intensity is not there. If you look at conference only stats, they are in conference games only. They have the top. Mark in terms of scoring defense, their defense has been a big part of it. Uh, they really are again, they're going to, they, they're not an at large team, they're gonna need to win the conference tournament to get to the NCAA tournament. But you know, we've seen some of the hiccups like the, the 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 inability to finish around the rim, but they're defending and they're finding ways to win. I feel like we talk about this every week, but is it can it does it continue for you guys to be the defense that has been the backbone of what they've been doing? Hundred percent. I mean, I think that's been the thing that Richardson has preached since she got here at Temple is that she wanted the equal opportunity offense and she wanted the defense to stem to be the foundation of their offense and turn their defense into offense. And I think the 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 way that they've just bought into it, I think, is so crucial and why it's going to be able to be sustainable and why it's able to be the focal point going forward because if everyone buys into it and they're focused on their defense i mean we've seen the shooting struggles are there they they they're inconsistent from three-point range they're around the rim sometimes when the layups they can't make them but if they can if they're able to stay on defense and focus on that the rest will come and the equal opportunity offense thing is becoming a legit not to say i don't want to imply that diane wasn't being genuine with it um, I, like I said, I would teach you guys about writing about it all the time last year, but it is really they're they're kind of living it now, right? Yeah, it's it's starting to become the threat that we thought it would be because you know now instead of what we saw in non-conference play where it was sort of okay, somebody go out and get buckets, like please, we need somebody to be the person. They they've started to find their focal points and they're running through it, and people are filling their roles on the other side of it. Now, granted. They are still kind of like sometimes they force shots. Sometimes it's it's bad looks. Sometimes they they struggled to finish around the rim, and that's not good. Like if you want to compete in you know in Texas, let alone a possible NCAA tournament run, like you have to finish layups, especially open looks around the rim, and um, that has been an issue. But other than that, I mean, they found they've just found their group. Like they've found their rhythm. They know what works for them on offense and it's, it's worked really well. But yeah, like you, like you said earlier, guys, it's, it starts on the defensive end. What are we expecting tomorrow night or again tonight, depending on when you're listening to this, hopefully they'll get a decent crowd. Tulsa's right on their heels. Again, we know how tightly contested the Americans been. Um, this is, you know, they've lately started to respond in, in terms of obviously they don't have five game winning streaks. They obviously have, but what are you guys expecting to see out of this team tomorrow night. I know in Temple's most recent win against Rice, Rice played them in a zone because previously Temple hadn't been shooting well, mm-hmm. and Temple knew that they had to come out, they had to shoot, and Terriana Gary and Tristan Taylor went perfect from three-point range, which was a big part in why they were able to win and why they were able to get ahead early. So I think if 
Tol- Tulsa comes out and plays them in his own Temple will need to shoot well. I think that's the big thing. The, but then if Tulsa comes out, man, maybe they'll need to slow um, figure it out from there. But I think it just depends on how Tulsa comes out and tries to play them. Yeah, this is kind of a, a little bit of a rivalry now, too. Like these two teams always play each other close. It's always like, like a, a little bit chippy or on the chippier side. There's a lot of talk. I think this is I think this is a win that we're talking about on Wednesday night. I think with athletics doing everything they're trying to do to get people into the building, I hopefully the fans respond well to that and get them the energy that they deserve. But I I do think this is a win. I think this is a uh I think we're talking about a six game winning streak on Thursday morning. And I think if they can win this game, their their chances of winning the whole thing get just that much higher because this is a Tulsa team that is really good at the right time for Temple to play them. We'll see what happens though. I agree with that second part. I think they beat Tulsa. They're going to win the regular season championship or which they haven't done in 20 years. I mean, even some of those like good Tanya Cardoza teams where they were in the same A-10 as like Xavier at the time when Xavier was really good. So they never won a regular season conference championship. You got to go back to Don Staley for that. But I mean, last time these two teams played, like they held Poindexter in in like relatively in check. I mean, she's still like a twenty point person, so we can hold her to fifteen. That's great. But I think their main thing is just hustle stuff. Like they're number six in the nation in offensive rebounds. They're like top twenty five in turnover margin. Like they're doing all like the small things that when you don't have somebody like Poindexter who you can just give them the ball and say, "Go give me twenty points." You need to do in order to be successful. They're they're doing it, and the fact that. The fact of the matter is, I think the Temple fans are looking for any glimmer of hope in athletics, and it might be women's basketball right now. All right, so again, Temple tips off against Tulsa Wednesday night at the Lee Court Center. Like we said, hopefully, uh, hopefully the fans have some fun with it and they get a get a decent crowd, get the crowd they deserve because they are again five game winning streak. They're defending, they're playing an excited brand of basketball. So we'll see how things turn out there on the future front. Dylan Batie and Aiden Tobias and are both uh, moving along with their respective high school basketball teams and their State tournaments, uh, Dylan Batie and Lancaster High School are playing. I guess we're recording this right now on Tuesday afternoons. They're playing Tuesday night in the third round of their state tournament against Nacogdoches. Uh, St. Elizabeth went 18-1 in their regular season, got the top seed in the DIAA. Do you guys say DIAA or do you say DIAA? DIAA state tournament. And they'll play their first playoff game Thursday. Uh, Jordan McGee, we mentioned at the outside of the show, uh, excited for him. He he's cleared to to participate in everything at the uh, NFL Scouting Combine this week. So Jordan and I had a chance to just chat a little bit over the past week, and we'll probably look to get him back on the scoop maybe next week after the combine to talk to him about the experience. And exciting for him. I mean, he might have a chance. Obviously, we'll have to see how he does. Like, could be the difference. Him being able to participate obviously could be the difference between him maybe. I mean, depending on, you know, what you think, what mock drafts you look at and stuff like that. I mean, maybe if he performs well enough, like it could be the difference potentially between him being a a second day and a third day pick. Now, obviously, you'd have to test really well and perform really well to yeah. move into like the second round or something like that. A lot of teams need linebacker. Getting a little bit of like a little bit of chatter out there from like, I think it was like Daniel Jeremiah was talking about. Yeah. I mean, a couple people were saying like, what am I missing with Jordan McGee? Why, what am I missing? Why, why is he not being talked about more? So... Uh, be exciting to see what happens for him this week. All right, let's go to the mailbag here. Several questions sent our way, so we appreciate that. Uh, first, several questions here from the Alscoop.com message boards from our subscribers. The first one from the screen name Temple Fan Al. 
us fans complain about our administration and conference affiliation, but at least we're not UMass. Is UMass a poor man's temple? So again, if you're catching up on this, UMass is going to be leaving the A-10. They're going to the Mid-American Conference, the MAC, where Temple used to play football as an all-sports member. So is UMass a poor man's temple? Um, first of all, yikes that UMass is doing this. Yikes. Like this was yeah. the whole hold up with like the Mac wanted Temple to do this in like their the early the mid aughts. Like they wanted them to bring their basketball program too. And Temple said, absolutely not. Like we can't do this. Weren't they like, st- I don't want to say staunchly against this, but they initially like were de- very much opposed. To yeah, this, they didn't right? do it either. So like, I think like, because yeah. I mean, first of all, they've been out of the Mac for like eight years now, which is wild because it feels to me like they were just there, but they left like 2015. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yikes! Are they doing this? Because MAC basketball is like number thirtieth, like their conference, like thirtieth in conference RPI. Like it's like a terrible basketball team, uh, league. Mm-hmm. But I guess me, if you're UMass, you think like whatever. We'll still just shore up out of conference games with you know St. John's and everything and out of conference, and then just dominate the MAC. But yikes! Uh, that being said, UMass has a better collective than Temple does right now. I mean, RJ Luis, who you almost came to Temple, he agreed to a hundred thousand dollar reported nil to stay at umass and eventually left anyway but it seems like there's at least some support to that basketball program when it comes to nil donations that temple hasn't fully gotten to yet but i think this is just reflective of i think we have a question about this later but everyone's talking about um does temple football have a future are they going to disband that program this shows to me how other programs are so desperate to hold on to fbs relevancy whether that's because of yeah. increased uh, payouts from the college football playoffs or just because they think that there's going to be a split from the NCAA and you want to be with the haves and not the have-nots, I think this just shows you how desperate everybody is to maintain FBS status. Yeah. So I, I think that would also then trickle down to Temple. Like, I'd much rather be in Temple spot and be in the American than have to go play Central Michigan in uh, Kal- Kalamazoo or whatever every other year. So Also, Mac-related here... This comes from a new uh, a new mailbag questioner, Temple Temple Owls alum, 1620. With the addition of Army for football to the American, it was rumored that the American has interest in pursuing one or two non-football schools with UMass leaving the A-10. Do you think that causes VCU and Dayton to look elsewhere now, like the American Athletic Conference? I mean, I think VCU and Dayton have probably, well, certainly VCU have always kind of had like a, a wandering eye in terms of like, could we make a jump in basketball? I mean, I, I certainly, you know, the American would do well to add VCU and Dayton for, for as basketball only members. I mean, I haven't heard any like tangible, tangible stuff about that yet, but do I think that causes VCU and Dayton to look around? I don't know, Kyle, I want to hear what you hear about this too. I don't know that like, I think they're, I think they're probably always looking around regardless. I don't think that UMass would necessarily be the impetus for like, Oh, we got to get out now. No, I, I think I would agree, but I think, the A-10 is becoming more and more like smaller school focused. So like Dayton and VCU like do kind of, are still kind of outliers. Like UMass was one of like the few like flagship universities that were still in that, that conference. Um, but yeah, I think that like even a week ago, they would have still been like, yeah, no, we're trying to leave. Like I think VCU or Dayton would prefer to be in bigger conferences. I think VCU makes more sense than Dayton is what my gut tells me, whether that's geographic or just kind of like level of athletics fit. Um, I think Dayton, I think Dayton wishes they were Xavier and in the Big East, but yep. I don't see the Big East. I could be wrong, but I don't think the Big East has any interest in the Dayton market. Um, but I think the Americans should have interest in both of them. But I think VCU mm-hmm. would be more likely of the two. Dayton yeah, would come yeah. in day one and be like, 
the number two team in the American. Like that's mm-hmm. like a very yeah. good program that w- is plug and play. It also draws well too, obviously. Yeah. Um, next mailbag question here from the screen name Chris Simp eighty five. On a recent episode, and this is what Kyle was alluding to, on a recent episode, you guys brought up the possibility of the Temple football program coming to an end. How likely do each of you think that is? Let's get percentages. I'm going to say within the next 10 years, what do you think the percentage is that Temple football is gone? I feel like I feel like this is something that people say that are like consistently for years. Like, yes. oh, like, is it going to come to an end? And I feel like it just never has. So I'm going to say like 15%. I don't think it's that likely. Wow. Um, I'll go a little higher just because I think the the times that people have said Temple football is is shutting down before are much different than the times now. That's fair. And there's a lot of, of different Extra- money. Involved. Expand upon that. Uh, there's a little bill that got passed in June called the or June 2021 called the uh, name, image and likeness bill. And uh, I just think that that, that you don't really you don't think players were getting paid prior to June of 2021. Well, I think now it's it's completely like now more schools are doing it mm-hmm. and it's now in the open. And I, I just think for that reason, it's a little higher, but I do kind of agree that 10 years might be a little soon. So I'm going to say 35 to 40 percent. Hmm. I think I'm closer. To, I think I'm closer to Johnny, but I think. I think the only way it would happen would be if Temple made a decision to just like de-emphasize revenue sports. As long as Temple wants to compete in basketball and stuff like that, I think there's still going to be football because I think football is their key to being in conferences like this. Otherwise, you'd be mm-hmm. back in the A-10. And guess what? All the similar like universities in the A-10 have left the A-10. Like you'd be going in there and playing in 2000 seat arenas um, or going up the street to LaSalle and playing in that like a high school gym. So like, I, I, I think like 15, 20%. I think for the most part, even if it's a loss leader, I think Temple football sticks around to keep the foot in the door for other things. And if the college football playoff expands and you start getting more money from that and all this, mm-hmm. like that, you don't get that if you're not a football school. Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. I mean, I, I don't, to speak to something you said earlier, John, I don't think, I, I think that once the the once people knew that the board of trustees voted on the future viability of football program when it passed, even if it was by a, a, a slim margin, Al Golden comes in. I think from two thousand five, two thousand six on, people weren't really saying. I mean, you always have people saying some faculty, some like diehard basketball people drop the program, drop the program. It's a waste of money. But I don't think that the chorus of that was as loud. I think it's come up more now with like to point to what Declan said, like whatever is going to happen with or without the NCAA in the future, can Temple keep up? Will they become even more of a have not? But I would tend to agree with, with Kyle. I think that they're going to try to hold on to it as long as they can. Um, and again, like you have a new president, will a new president will be coming in at one point, any future leadership, like how do they see it? How do they see football's role at the university? Can it help keep the foot in the door, so to speak? Yeah expand the expansion of college football playoff if there's more money coming in that way i think the temple would still be more inclined to hold on to it than get rid of it and then if if if, god forbid if they do get rid of it why and what do you do with that like do you does the administration find a positive way to say okay we've made the really 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 difficult decision to cut football and we're going to reinvest the money into what you want to make sure that you're reinvesting the money into something else that matters and uh, again we'll we'll see i understand why people 
ask about it and talk about it when they think on, on a national level of the uncertainty. But I, I, I would side more with, with what Kyle is uh, saying right now. Real quick, two things. One, losing 85 male scholarships, I can't even imagine what else would happen to the rest of Temple Athletics to counteract the Title IX aspect of that. I feel like yeah. you get rid of Temple football, you get rid of a lot of other Temple sports too. Two, even mm-hmm. though they didn't successfully do it, to go from announcing an on-campus stadium like this huge, massive capital project to getting rid of the program in like nine years would be a like a front-page of ESPN headline, like what the hell happened story. So that's kind of just like my gut feels like they're already kind of pot committed. If if there was no Temple football today, would they be announcing a program tomorrow? No, probably not. But like, mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. Again, if, if you hadn't, if you didn't get the chance to listen yet, if you want to listen to last week's episode, uh, Andrew Hope, uh, local lawyer, talked a lot about NIL and just like all the, the genesis of a lot of this stuff. And it, it, I think it's a good, if you want a, a basic explainer on how we got here, how the NCA has tried to do a lot through litigation, I think it'll be a really good explainer for you guys. I'd highly recommend listening to last week's episode. Uh, another mailback question here from Temple J is the screen name for basketball. Are we recruiting any bigs for? next year um i mean you got to consider dylan batia big even though he's not again like this it sounds so cliche he's more of a positionless big you know guy that can can play inside outside certainly very athletic we know that ari rosenfeld from lead high school scouting is really high on him of course this temple staff is really high on him you'd have to put him in the mix and i would have to think that they're going to address size or try to address size in the transfer portal is it possible that there could be a late bloomer in the spring signing period. Sure. But if there's any late bloomer, that's a big, unless temple literally keeps this kid in a bubble, um, everyone else is going to know about him too. Um, So it's going to come down to NIL availability, right time, right place. But I think you're going to see if you want to know, can they add some size? I get it. Like they do. They need some size. Even if Adam Fisher has said, "I, I like my bigs to set screens and rebound, play defense. Sure. They could, they could definitely use a guy that could work, the ball through the post with, but I think you would see bigs added through the portal. Am I right, Kyle? I mean, or I would have to think that yeah. they want like immediate help there. Be through yeah, the portal. I would agree with that. I, I, I'm sure when he asked this question, he expected like a list of names or hoped for a list of names. We're not at that point yet. Um, I mean, the transfer portal opens in like a couple weeks. It opens the day yeah. after conference championships end. So there's going to be a team out there that loses a tournament game because their backup point guard or backup center into the portal early. Like that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that'll happen soon. I, I I also agree with your point, but like if there was an uncovered gem, I always say if I somehow produce a six foot ten son, I wouldn't let him sign until like March because like you're just going to go up a level higher than you should have by being a big that's still available in March. Um, so I'm I don't we don't have names yet, but I would expect them to add one if not two people from the portal because I mean Sam Hoffman's gone. Um, it sounds like there's going to be a couple others that might enter the portal as well, so they're going to have the scholarships for it. Yeah. And I, I think I can't remember if we talked about this on a on a past episode, but it gets it really gets interesting now. Like covering a coaching search can be weird, but now with the portal, people have ways of floating names out there. Sometimes I think it almost it, it gets a little weird. I think sometimes people will have like these like handlers or or middlemen to try to gauge interest for them. Like and yeah, as reporters, you try to like try to decipher like what's real and what's not around this time last year. You know, I think you would, you'd hear Eric Dixon's name come up. Oh, he's yeah. not happy at Nova. He might look to leave. 
Uh, he ended up staying. He's become really, really good. And he was he seemed to be on that trajectory. But again, like every year, it's going to be this thing. If Villanova doesn't go to the NCAA tournament and their fan base is upset and they start saying Kyle Neptune's not Jay Wright, this and that, like how many of their players get poached? Like no program is safe. So it's going to be a wild, as Kyle pointed to, it's coming up soon. It's going to be a wild time once it comes around and trying to follow who's going to end up where is uh, certainly Who's there? We should we should put together like an all team of people that we heard were coming to Temple that didn't come to Temple via like the transfer portal. Even before the portal, you'd hear rumors oh, like, "Oh, this guy's not happy at so and so. He's gonna leave." And then guess what? Then he becomes like an all conference guy there, and shucks, yep, just missed out on him. Yeah, yeah, it'd be something. Declan, are we ready to answer these these mailbag questions from Bridget Landis? I believe we are. Okay, all right. So Bridget Landis. We have been able to verify through Declan, who's sitting to my right here, that Bridget Landis is indeed Declan's mother. So, is that who was at in Dowd? I don't know. <laughs> I We're just just sure. verifying her Twitter handle. Twitter handle is Mama Landis Five. Bridget's yeah, a strong mom name. I want to point that Bridget's a strong mom name. It's good. Yeah, very Irish name as well. Yeah. So first, well, a two-part question here from Bridget Landis, aka Declan's mom. Does the Scoop Crew have a prediction for the for the women's team against the East Carolina Pirates? So Mrs. Landis skipping right past the the Tulsa game and going right to the ECU game. Why? Because that's her interest, you know. Uh we we actually lived down there for a little bit, right by East Carolina. And uh according to sources, I may or may not have eaten a piece of carpet down there in that uh in that apartment. So it it means <laughs> I, I see your face, Kyle. But it's true, according uh, allegedly, I ate a piece of carpet in that Wait. house. Time and, out, um, time out for a second. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Yes. Was it? And let me get get this out before you answer. Was it a and like? Let, a, let me let me. No, 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 no. So I have no idea. No. Kyle talk. Kyle talk. Was it a piece of fuzz that came off the carpet or was I it don't you had that. like a box cutter and cut a little two by two inch patch of carpet the, and ate the carpet? I don't I don't see. I, I was I was I was a young, young person, very, very young child. I don't believe I had a box cutter <laughs> or like maybe but, it was just uh, loose. And it it was enough it. to go to the hospital. So it had to. So it could not have just been a fuzz. You ate the, the like Correct. the glued part on the bottom. Huh. You know, if if. If sources are to believe, be believed, you must yes. have been really hungry. Just ripped that off. The I was ground. a hungry child. Not that you could tell by my six pack abs. That's Does nice. the Scoop Crew have a prediction for the ECU game? Look, ECU is a very up and down team. They're eight and seven in the conference right now, but they've gotten they've swept SMU this season, which is a good squad. They've beaten Tulsa. They've beaten Charlotte. This is going to be a tough contest, especially on the road. Uh, it, it could really go either way, but. I do think Temple. I, I, in all honesty, I think Temple beats any team put in front of them right now, and until Ooh. I'm proven otherwise, Ooh. I just think they're really hot. Follow up question: Will Johnny Zawiz like be able to complete his thoughts, or will he be cut off again this week? Ooh, is that a reference to to? She thinks that you guys don't let him talk. Oh, oof. That, that's the two of you. So Not Johnny, me. before Not before me. you say anything, Johnny. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. <laughs> I kind of I, I kind of agree with that. I think about that. <laughs> I think about that sometimes with Johnny and Ramir when we get when, when we get off recordings. I'm like, crap, did we let them talk? <laughs> Declan, okay. I think, is I'm like just... boisterous enough and like 
aggressive enough. I'm doing I'm doing it intentionally at this point, Johnny, uh, to like force himself into the conversation. I feel like Johnny and Ramir are like just a little more like laid back and kind of just let the conversation come to them, and we don't let the conversation come to them. You know, this is this is a topic that I haven't really you know spoken out about because I feel like you know it's not 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 nice to you know air out that dirty laundry on the air, but. Mm. <laughs> it's a, you know I, I i appreciate this this question from mama landis i think that um this is a really important topic that needs to be discussed and i'm glad that we're having this conversation so that we can move forward and i can feel like i have a voice on this so podcast. let me ask you this let me ask you this is it worse on the episode i don't listen to episodes i'm not on is it worse when i'm not <laughs> when i'm on or is it like the same like does somebody else step into my place or is it just me cutting you off no, I wouldn't. I, would, I wouldn't say it's just you, though. I like it's not just you. And I, I'd say, I'd say it fluctuates. It fluctuates. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a, it's a. Um, sometimes, like when you're not here, like I do, you know, I sometimes it's it's hard for me to chime in. But, um, <laughs> but, but when you are here too, some there are times where like I feel like I can talk, and I feel like, like after this, the second we press the stop record button, I could say, you know what, like I, I, I made some good points, and I actually got my voice out there. So it, it fluctuates. It's not like an every week thing. Two things. One. Um, does it hurt more when your mentor and advisor does it over me? Like when John cuts, when John cuts you off, does that sting more? I'd say it, it, it depends on the topic too. Cause if, if I feel like I'm like, I'm going to make like a joke or if I'm going to say something and then, then John just cuts me off and the, 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 the you know, I, I can't get the punchline out like that, that hurts. You yeah. know, cause I, I feel like I, I feel like I have stuff to say, but it's then there are other times where like, he'll. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. That one wasn't even intentional. There just is like a therapy. So, again inside baseball. They're in a room. I'm on Zoom. Just like family therapy. There's He's a delay. Tired of being silent. But number two, had my mom go to bed for him. Number two. Okay, yeah, that's a great sidebar. Is did you put Bridget up to this? That is neither here nor there. No, no, no. He didn't. I can vouch for him personally. My mom and my dad traveled up to upstate New York last week. And I gave them a call on the way on their way home Wednesday night. And they listened to the scoop on road trips because oh, it keeps no. them, you know, they keep some entertainment. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. She, 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 I'm not sharing all her thoughts and feelings. But <laughs> she uh she was like, you know, they don't let Johnny talk. I mean, John just does not let Johnny talk. <laughs> So my so second I point, them in and I was like, you got to come talk. So we knew this was coming for a week because she my, was like, I'm going to start being in the mailbag. My second point was going to be, I don't want to point fingers at anybody, but <laughs> oh, one person is supposed to be like the moderator of this show. And it's not me. So like, I feel like the, <laughs> that, the that person, is true, Kyle. You, that the, is not your job. The person that's supposed to be the host. Look, I am the, I'm the talent. Okay. The person that's I'm hired not. to host this show <laughs> should be <laughs> lobbing, lobbing softballs to Johnny because when Johnny contributes, it's good. Like, it's not like we're like throwing Johnny a bone and like, oh yeah, let's have him do it. When he contributes, it's good content. You should be you. setting thank him you. up to deliver this content. Instead, I, I instead, that, I Kyle. feel the need to. I'm like, I'm like a, I'm like a gas. I filled to the container that I'm in. When I notice that there's emptiness, <laughs> I'm gonna fill to that. It's your job to prevent that emptiness. Kyle's just floating around on the periodic table. <laughs> <laughs> a gas. 
No, I, I got that. I got that. <laughs> it sounded like you needed explanation. I, I didn't know. I was just, I, that's not where I, that's not the first thing I thought you were going to say. But um, I'm just committing to the pit. I, I th- love you, mom. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think there's only one one way to go from here. John, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, let's be honest here. If anybody's on trial, it's you and you have not defended yourself yet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop laughing. <laughs> See, he doesn't take it seriously. Exactly. He thinks this is a joke. This is not a joke. This is serious. My sides literally hurt. This is. Great. I will no longer be silenced. <laughs> we need an L scoop, HR. Oh God, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, we need a. I think we need a third party moderator to come in. <laughs> Johnny had a lot in the basement. He needed to unpack. Next week on the show. <laughs> Make sure to tune in next week. We'll be joined by an and HR representative. We'll be joined by <laughs> Dr. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> he probably charges the fee to be on now, the Now, John, you gotta, uh, you gotta let Johnny talk. <laughs> that wasn't bad. That was good. That's a, de- that's a decent impersonation. Thank you. <laughs> Johnny doesn't feel heard <laughs> on the scoop. You want to moderate next week? <laughs> I'm okay. I don't. I don't need to talk that much. It's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what? This was, uh, so I've got some reflection to, to work <laughs> on. A little bit. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> or you just don't. Hey. Like it could also just be you just don't grow from this moment. And you just say, you know what? Like, <laughs> like it is what it is. Mute his mic. Mute his mic. Like just say you're too. What is Johnny's mic? Say you're too old to change. Say you're too old to change. My question. Unplug his microphone. My my question to you is: Is there worse? You said I won't share their complete thoughts. Like that was, does yeah. Bridget Landis have more? More stuff, yeah, no more comment. stuff that she, she, that's, she that's, doesn't that's like her. me. That's for her. No, that's it's for not, her to say. Should I take back my compliment of her name? Like, should I no, not? I don't think so. Should I not be watering that flower if that flower is turning around and, and talking? Is, is she talking? Kyle does or I do? Wait, 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 wait. wait. If 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 Mama Landis had a shit list, who's it? <laughs> <laughs> what we're trying to get at, Declan, is like, who's at the top of it? Who's at the bottom of it? I'm not spilling my mom's dirty laundry. Look, if, I'm not if, doing it. If your mom was an AP top 25 voter and she had to reveal her ballot every week, and it's us. She should. What's we the have ranking? A power ranking on our fridge. We have our power ranking. I literally, I have a picture of when I got number one for the first time. And I was like, so in shock. Hold on, let me find. Don't it. use oh, no, your. Don't use your. No, 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 no. Do not use your folksy charm here to try to divert from the attention that like we yeah, want yeah, an answer. Yeah, let's get back to us. <laughs> we want an answer about we 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 wish your family well. That's a nice robe, by the way. Thank you. Um, where we're talking Al Scoop power <laughs> rankings. Who has the most work to do to get back in your in your mom's good graces? Who has who's on solid footing? Let's just say this, okay? If you have to ask that question, you know the answer. <laughs> Let me just say that. I know I don't have to ask that question. I want to hear it. That's all I'm saying. I want to hear it come out of yeah. a landis voice. <laughs> hear it right now. <laughs> you need. All to- I know is if we have a a, a mother out there, uh, be smirching our good names without, you know calling in or sending a letter maybe a, a basket of muffins anything like that like i want her son to at least 
a gift basket of some sort. Yeah, some hey, sort. You know, maybe like this is, this is basket of muffins that also has like a hand in listeners. stone massage gift card. Like you never know, like anything. Yeah, this is valuable feedback from our listeners. I think we need to, you know, take time and and learn from it rather than. I'm not going to you know, grow. Remember what I said earlier about us. Scott Rowland? I take it back. People don't change. I'm not. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Well, hey, she's more than welcome to keep sending mailbag questions our way. I think she will. She found Twitter. So, Johnny, do you feel like you have an advocate now? I'm going to block we'll her see. on our Twitter it's, account. It's... I'm going to we'll... log on Al's group. Don't block. you dare. Don't you dare. I mean, how do you feel? I'm closing things out. Do you feel like you were heard more today? Was it ah. progress or was it like... <laughs> Again, 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 Johnny was again. Johnny was a, a social. He was a, a social butterfly before you walked in the room. Okay, I saw sides of Johnny I hadn't seen in a while. We were we had good rapport <laughs> back and forth. He was making me laugh, and then you came in the room. It was good banter, and here we are. I I I will say I feel like I was heard more on this episode. I, I think I think and I think going forward, you know, we had this we had this good conversation. I think you know going forward we'll be better. I, I think I think so. I like it. No. We're pretty. Thank you for the I'm, I'm, I'm going to dig. This is like uh, a lot of times when my sister wants me to do something, she'll talk to Meg, and my wife will tell her like that's not how you get Kyle to do things. This is not how you get Kyle to do things. I'm going to dig my heels in. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Johnny's Dupree and you mean Dupree. And like, do you know that he's an accomplished poet? Like, do you know he writes poetry? <laughs> it's like we're not letting Johnny breathe here. Although I did just I just compared you to an uh, an unemployed movie character. <laughs> But, Is that what you think but he gets it together. No, that's not what I. He gets it together. Yeah. 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 He does in the end. We're still oh, early in, we're only in Act of Two of the Johnny story, but by the time we get to Act Three, yeah. whew, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. It will shock us how high you can soar. <laughs> oh God. Well, <laughs> I'm glad you could all witness that moment, Johnny. Any closing thoughts? Why don't you close us out? Why don't you bring it home here? Yes. To end the scoop and Johnny, bring us into the next step. Uh, well, now I feel like there's a lot of pressure, but you got it. Uh, thank you all for listening to another edition of The Scoop for Kyle, Declan, and John. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>